Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, already in progress. What we just declared that we got out, nothing can hold you down. I said nothing can hold you down. Nothing can hold you back. Amen. Praise God. If you're a born-again child of God, you possess the empowerment to conquer the world's ways. Amen. We said the foundation of this conquering empowerment is our faith, and we must believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We can't toy with other options or other ways. We got to believe that Jesus is the only way. Amen. And he is the son of God. So last week we started talking about called to conquer, called to conquer. We broke this word called down, looked at call, calling, and called, and found out this word simply means job, possession, well, excuse me, profession, occupation, or business. And so we declared last week that it's our business to conquer. Glory to God. Shout that with me this morning and say, it's my business to conquer. Now say it like you really mean it. Say, it's my business to do what? To do what? And the word conquer to mean successfully overcome. So no matter what we were facing, we, glory to God, we've overcome it. Amen. Praise God. It's our business. It's our job to conquer. I had some people come up to me after service uh, on, on, on last week and say, Pastor, that, that was a good word. I'm going out and I'm going to conquer. Praise God. He says, my business is not to be an accountant. My business is not to be a teacher. My business is to conquer. Glory to God. Because it's our time to take territory for the kingdom of God. Amen. Anybody with me today? Praise the Lord. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse number 31. Need to get to a place today. Glory to God. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse number 31. Let me know if you're close, please. Are right, you close? Okay, great. It says, New King James says, For you will cross over, for you will cross over the Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you, and you will possess it and dwell in it. And you shall be careful to observe all the statutes and judgments I set before you today. And so we read the scripture last week when we came out with a question saying, is the Lord giving it to us or do we have to possess it? Is he giving it to us or do we have to possess it? And we started talking about some things last week and it's both, praise God. And so we found out that there are three levels of this conquering empowerment. And the first level is by inheritance. And everybody say inherit. There are some things that we have by right because of our born-again experience. If you're born again in here on today, you have some things given to you, left to you by Almighty God because you are part of the family. The Bible says that we are heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, so you have, some, you have a right to some things. Do you hear what I'm saying? I say you have a right. Not Glory to God, it's not a hopeful thing. It is something that belongs to you by inheritance. It has been left to you in the earth realm for you to embrace, to inherit, glory to God, through your born-again experience and by faith, and then begin to exercise your right to then obtain it, bless God. We said number two was to possess. Everybody said possess. Now, we possess what we've been, in, what we've been inherited. So we've been inherited, and everything, all things that pertain to life and godliness are already ours by inheritance. But now it's up to us to go to possess it. We looked at uh, Joshua last week, and Joshua asked the people, how long are you going to sit on your hands and not possess what the Lord God has been giving you? 
And we talked about last week that sometimes things are so close, we can just reach out and grab them, but we got too many people still sitting on their hands. But we established that last week. No longer are we going to sit on our hands. We're going to reach out and we're going to possess what God has left us by inheritance. Now, how do we possess that? We possess that by faith. I understand from the word of God what's rightfully mine. Then I exercise my faith and I possess it in my heart. I possess it in my mind. I possess it by faith. I believe I receive it and it's by possession even though it's not yet in manifestation. I'm healed whether the doctor agrees with me or not. I'm healed. Because it's mine by inheritance and it's mine because I possess it by faith. Listen, I'm blessed no matter what my bank account tells me. I'm blessed because it's mine by inheritance, bless God, and I possess it by my faith. And it's in my heart, and if it's in my heart, folks, it's just a matter of time it's going to show up in my life. Are y'all with me today? So say with me, say inherit, possess. Amen. So now we possess things by faith, and folks, we can, still, we can have things by possession by faith, but still not have them manifested in our, in our natural lives. And see, that's what I want to, I want to get us, I want to get us out of just possessing it by faith. I want to, I want to get us into walking it out in manifestation. And that's that third part we're going to talk about today in this dwelling, glory to God. Because we have to inherit it, we have to possess it, and we have to dwell there. Inherit, possess it, and what? Dwell there. Say it with me. Inherit, possess it, and then what? Dwell there. Glory to God. So through the inheritance and the possession process, it's preparing us to, to remain in the land which the Lord God has already given us in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Now, what does dwell mean? Dwell means to fully exercise control of. Dwell means to fully exercise control of. So it's mine by inheritance. It's mine by possession by faith. But I want to be able to control it, manage it, steward over it in this earth realm. Bless God. So I want to be able to have it. I want to be able to, uh, glory to God, steward over it. And I want to be able to enjoy it. So when I dwell, dwell with something, it's mine, glory to God, to then manage and, and to enjoy. I, I love the fact that we can shout over the promises of God. But I want to have those promises of God in manifestation in my life. Is anybody with me this morning? It's great to read Bible stories and say, "Woo, God, that was good. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. But it's something different to have that shown up in your life. How many know you? Glory to God. That's a different kind of shout. Amen. And so we're going to talk about this dwelling on today because it's important that we understand some things. Go to Numbers 14. And let me take my time just for a few moments or so so I can build something. And then we'll be right where we need to be. Because I'm telling you, it is my heart, it's my desire to see y'all walk into some things this year that you've never walked in before. Amen. Not, talk, not talking about walking in things that you're not expecting because we are expecting it because we're believing it. I used to make a confession years ago that I believe God for unexpected income. I stopped that. Because I expect income. So I changed it and said, I expect expected income. Because if I'm sowing my seed, if I'm honoring God with my giving, and I'm releasing my faith, that income should be expected. We got to stop being uh, overwhelmed when the word works. 
It is our expectation that the word works. That's why we choose to believe it, because we expect it to manifest. Y'all hearing this? Numbers 14, look at this here. Numbers 14, nah, don't put it up there yet. Uh, this is on the tail end of <coughs> the people coming out of Egypt, the people of God coming out of Egypt. And the Bible says that they sent 12 spies over into the land. And the 12 spies went over into the land to get evidence to prove that the land was exactly the way God described it. He says the land will be flowing with milk and honey. Say, that's my kind of land right there. That's my kind of land. Yeah, land that flows with milk and honey. And so they sent these 12 spies over there, spied out the land. The spies came back with evidence. They came back with fruit that was beyond imagination. They came back with spoils beyond imagination. They came back with the, with the physical evidence that the land was exactly the way God described it to be. However, also in that land was some giants. The giants had come in and crouched on the land that was, that was designed for God's people. And so here's 10 spies. They were more focused on the giants than they were on the fruit. They was focused too much on the, on the giants than on the promise. Because you got to understand, sometimes, folks, the land that God has for you, sometimes some giants get in there and they crouch on it. But you got to be aware of some things, not to be so focused on the giants that you forget about the promise. Oh, you, come on, y'all. You hear what I'm saying? Because if God has promised it to you, he has promised it to you. Bless God. And so here's these giants are there. And so the 10 spies come back and they gave their report. And so the Bible says 10 spies stood up and said, well, two spies stood up and said that, hey, let's go take the land. In other words, let's get it done now. Let's go get our land. It's exactly the way God designed it to be. It's ours for the possession. It's ours for the taking. Let's go do it. But then they had 10 folks stand up and say, well, there's some giants on the, over there in the land. And we are as grasshoppers in their sight. So in other words, they allowed what they saw to talk them out of what they had. And folks, we got to stop allowing what we see to talk us out of what belongs to us. Tell your neighbor, say, it doesn't matter what I see. It's only what I believe. Amen. So you may be seeing some things that's contrary to what the word says. No, don't, keep, don't put your focus on what you see because what you see is about to change. Why? Because we got out. Come on, talk to me, y'all. Amen. So here, here we are in, in, in uh, Numbers, Numbers chapter number 14. Numbers chapter number 14. In the Amplified it says, this is on the tail end of this, and all the congregation cried out with a loud voice and they wept that night. They got this evil report and it caused them to weep because they had came out of a place of bondage and now they got news and testimony that they were facing a land with giants and so their hearts were broken. And the Bible says they wept all that night. All the Israelites, Israelites grumbled and deployed their situation, accusing Moses and Aaron to whom the whole congregation said, would that we had died in Egypt or that we had died in this wilderness. Folks, let me, this is a group of people that has lost hope. They had gotten delivered miraculously out of, uh, out of Egypt. 
and they've came to a place where they stood still, and now they're facing a land of giants because somewhere along the line they probably figured that, they, that the life from now on was going to be easy. And how many of us, when we get born again, we think all oh, the problems are going to dissipate? But how many know there's some, still some giants in the land? But let me go ahead and prophesy, giants do fall. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? I said giants do fall. Glory to God. David proved that. Amen. And so they begin to blame the leadership. You brought me out here. It's your fault. The same leadership that they was applauding and the same leadership they were celebrating because they walked over the Red Sea on dry land. How many know Moses was the best thing since sliced bread when they was walking and that, and that water was standing up like a wall? How many know when the Egyptians were killed behind them, how many know Moses and the leadership, oh, play, praise God, I'm glad I'm with you. And isn't it something, something challenging comes up and something that's not in the plan comes up. They get, begin to blame the leadership for their position. But the Bible says the leadership wasn't complaining. It was the people of God that was complaining. Y'all seeing this? Verse 3 says, why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword or why our wives and little ones will be a prey? Is it not better for us to return to Egypt? Everybody say return. I'm speaking to somebody this morning because sometimes when we're about to step into the manifestation of what we've been believing God for, and what God has been promised us, sometimes the challenge wants us to, the challenge causes us to think, is it better for me to return? Is it really worth all of this effort? Is it really worth all this prayer and declaration and praise and worship and studying the word? Isn't it better for me just to go back to the club? Because notice, folks, when you lose hope, the first thing you want to do is go back to what you knew. And see, God has brought you from a place to a place, and he wants to keep you going to another place. And it doesn't make sense for you to come to a place and then go back to where you started. Yeah, life may not be ex exactly what you want it to be now, but I guarantee you, if you've been doing at least your part, it's better than it was. It's nothing back there for you. It's nothing back in the world for you. There's nothing there that's going to satisfy you. There's nothing back there that's going to treat you like God can treat you. There's nothing back there that can, that can promise you what God can promise you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It may think, it may, it was better for me just to be, hey, it was, life was so much better before I was saved. You thought. But you didn't really know how jacked up you were. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because when you got saved, bless God, the Bible says old things will pass away, all things will become new. God covered us from some stuff to, for us to be able to see because we were some jacked up folk. You heard I say we because I was, I was in there too. 
But the moment we got born again, all things became new. We had new hope, glory to God. New dreams were deposited on, on the inside of us, glory to God. New outlook and new destiny in life. There's nothing in the world for you as a child of God. How can light fellowship with darkness? Got it? We don't fit there no more. There should, be, there, should be a, there should be something that come up on us that when we're involved in worldly things and ungodly things, it should just be something on us that make us go, uh, something, uh, something just not, uh, something not working. I know I used to do this and I know I used to do this well, but now it's just something about this I can't deal with. And then when you come into the things of God, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is, this is exactly, this is exactly where I need to be. Are y'all listening to me this morning? He said, isn't it better that we just return? Folks, don't believe that lie of the devil. It is not better for you to return. He says, and they said to one another, let's choose us another pastor. Oh, your Bible didn't say that? Let's choose us another captain and return to Egypt. Isn't that something? People, because things hadn't been like they, were supposed, they, they, they thought they were going to be, because there's some, still some giants in the land that they need to, they need, need to conquer, people will switch leadership, and they'll leave a leader that's trying to take them into the land and rally around the leader that want to take them back. Why y'all quiet? I'm just reading the Bible. It is amazing you find some people that's been going on a journey for a while, get frustrated with the journey, and then they want to they want to align themselves with somewhere some somebody that's not going anywhere. So if you align yourself with somebody that's not going anywhere, where do you think you're going? Nowhere. Everybody say inherit, possess, dwell. That's what we want to talk about. But I, I brought this scripture up is because the Lord spoke this to me the other day. The Lord said, what kept them out? The opposite of it will keep them in. What kept them out, the opposite will keep them in. Now, I begin to think about it and think about what, what, what did they do that kept them out of the land? Because if what they did kept them out, then if I look at the opposite of that, it's going to help me stay in. Because it's one thing to get into the land. You got to stay there. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to stay there. You got to stay there. God didn't, God didn't escort you to a new land for you to then slide back. No, you got to stay there. Tell somebody around you, say, you got to stay there. You got to stay there. You got to stay there. And I found these two things that they did that kept them out. Number one is that they didn't protect their heart. They didn't protect 
their heart. So now if the opposite will keep them in, then what we need to do is to what? Protect our heart. Pastor, how can you say that? Because when the evil spies, when the spies stood up, I wouldn't call the spies evil, but when the spies stood up and gave the evil report, the people did not protect their hearts. And so they received the evil report over the report of the Lord. You got it? And the moment they received the evil report over the report of the Lord is when they begin to keep themselves out. Is this making sense? All right, go to Deuteronomy 11 real fast. Let's look at two things real fast, and then we'll, we'll go to the second point here. Deuteronomy chapter number 11, verse number 10. Deuteronomy 11 and 10. Say, I'm there if you're there. Look at this. This is God now talking about this land that they're going to possess. He says, for the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. I don't know how all this kind of li lined up, but just shout this, this morning and say, I got out. Come on, this Because it says, from which you have come. That means you came out of it. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm going to come on this side. Where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. Verse 11. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven. Oh, glory to God. Sound like a good land to me. I said sound like a good land to me. So look at what God had promised them. Look at what God had declared over their life, the kind of land that they was going into. But they didn't protect their heart, so they begin to hear the evil report. And listen, folks, what moves your heart will turn your head. Let me say it again. I said what moves your heart will turn your head. Whatever you get into your heart, your head will turn towards it. And you'll begin to focus on it. So now if giants got in their heart, then their head will be turned to giants. And their focus will be on giants because that's where their head is facing. And you're going to follow the direction of where your head is facing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what affects your heart, what gets in your heart, that's why the Bible says to put the word of God in your heart because what's in your heart will turn your head. That's why it says Stays away from, stay away from evil. Watch what you hear because what's in your heart will turn your head. If your evil is in your heart, your head's going to be towards evil. If goodness is in your heart, your head's going to be turned to goodness. Out of the, out of the, out of the heart of a good, uh, the, the tree, the good tree bears what? Good fruit because what's on the inside of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But look at, De look at Deuteronomy 11:16. now. It says, take heed to yourselves, lest your what? Heart be deceived. It says, take heed. Pay attention to what's going on around you, lest your heart be deceived. Folks, you not you, you need not to be in 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 all the mess that's happening. Come on, talk to me. 
And look what happens when you when your heart's deceived and turn and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you and he shut up the heavens where there be no rain and the land yield no produce and you quickly or you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is given you. See, sometimes we think that it's something some something else's fault of why we're not seeing production in our lives. It may be the condition of our heart. Because our heart is a production center of our life. Are you hear what I'm saying? So he says, take heed lest your heart be not Because when your heart becomes deceived, production ceases. What kept them out? The opposite will keep them in. Now, the major question is this. How then do you protect your heart? Real simply, protect what you hear. Protect what you hear. If those folks had protected their hearing when the evil report was going on, they would have yielded to Joshua and Caleb and say, I, I believe that report and let's go get it. But see, if you don't protect what you hear, it's going to affect your heart. Your ear has a connection to your heart, folks. And I taught some months ago, it all starts with something heard. How I many know you, haven't had, you don't have a problem with anything? But as soon as somebody give you certain information and you hear it, now you got the same problem they got. <laughs> now, how do you get that same problem? You got that same problem because you heard what they were saying. You got it? Now, sometimes you can't avoid hearing some things because you may, the proximity of, of where you sit, maybe you sit to someone uh, that's so negative at work. I mean, at their whole life is negative. Everything they say is negative, and, I mean, uh, and, and you got to sit right next to them. I understand some situations like that, but you can still guard your heart by not taking thoughts that come up when you, when you hear what they say. Now, how do we take a thought? We take a thought by saying, Jesus says, take no thought by saying. See, when you hear something and then you say it out your mouth, you now taking it. And now you possess that same thought, even though it wasn't your thought in the beginning, it's yours now when you release it out your mouth. We just seen it. We just seen it. They heard the evil report, and the Bible says they cried all night and said, why didn't he just leave us in Egypt to die? They were saying something because they took the thought that they heard based upon what they heard. Is anybody, is it making sense to anybody? Because it's impossible for us to live in isolation. I know we would love to have a Christian community, you know, in Cancun. But you still have a problem with those folks too because we ain't all delivered.